You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 314. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. This is the Earn That Body podcast, and I hope you are ready for a fantastic summer ahead. It is about that time of year. Super excited for myself, but I know that summer can be a little crazy for some people. Lots of people with summer vacations, kids out of school, and just a more hectic schedule generally. And some people, summer is just the same as any other season. Just depends where you are at in life, but I am wishing you a great season ahead. Now today we are going to talk about the best and worst times to seek nutrition help. Because sometimes people come to me and they want to work on their nutrition, they wanna set up a program with me, and then they tell me a little bit about what they're going through or what they have coming up, and I'm, I will point blank tell them, this is not a good time for you to get nutrition coaching. Um, so there's a lot of sort of good times and not good times, and I thought this might be the perfect season to talk about that with summer ahead to figure out if that summer season is a good time for you or maybe it's a terrible time for you. Because always when you get nutrition coaching, the goal is that you can reach your goals, right? And I always wanna set my clients up for perfect success, but there are going to be some times of year or certain weeks of the month or certain times in your life where it's an appropriate time to get that counseling and coaching and when it's not. And so I wanted to give you a little guidance on that because some of these things you might have never even thought of and it might play a real role in you setting goals, setting expectations and really sort of reaching your weight loss journey, your health journey, um, all your goals, your fitness goals, all those kind of things all have a lot to do with timing in your life. So we're gonna talk about all of that after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from WebMD, a very nice article caught my eye, one that I love and I have talked about it before. It is called The Health Benefits of Hobbies. Now, if you have a hobby, then you very likely love doing it, right? Hobbies give you a chance to get involved in activities that you enjoy, and they help you take sort of a load off your mind if you wanna think of it that way. And very often, you'll find yourself looking forward to indulging in this hobby, maybe after a stressful day or a long week at work. Now your hobby could be anything, but just having something that you enthusiastically wait to do fills you with a sense of happiness, that is an amazing hobby. And that is something that we all should really want because there is nothing better than looking forward to doing something with sort of an excitement and an anticipation, right? Now, even better, they say that taking time to indulge in what you love doing boosts your physical and mental health. Now that said, being a part of a modern society that prizes professional achievement could leave very little time to pursue these 
to pursue these hobbies that actually interest you. And this is a major reason why many people find it really hard to consistently dedicate time to doing things that they like. And that's really sad if you think about it. Now, what is a hobby? Well, basically, it is any activity that you frequently do for pleasure during your leisure time. It could be creative, it could be athletic, it could be an intellectual activity as well. People take up different types of hobbies that interest them, anything from dancing, singing, skating, and then I did not add this, they actually said gardening, which is my big hobby. (laughs) Now, others like quieter activities like meditation, spending time closer to nature, long walks in nature, hiking, all of those are fantastic as well. Again, if it's something that you look forward to with like an absolute anticipation and excitement, that's what really makes it a hobby. Now, health benefits of hobbies, who knew? Well, research shows that when you take time to do activities that make you happy, it helps improve mental health. Giving quality time to activities that you enjoy also helps your performance in your professional life. So it's not just mental health team, but it actually can help you with professional day-to-day tasks and overall professional life. It improves your creative problem-solving abilities. It helps you build better relationships with your coworkers. And it even says that it makes you more empathetic. Wow. Now, a study in New Zealand found that participating in activities that bring out your creative side leads to an increased sense of well-being that is good for you in the long term. And that people who were involved in the study felt a sense of positivity and upliftment after only a few days of creative activity. Studies have also shown that individuals that regularly take time off for their hobbies are less likely to feel low or depressed. And in fact, such activities can make you happier and more relaxed. The article goes on to say that having a hobby can reduce your stress. It can promote mental health. It can improve relationships. All of these things are such a big part of your life that I feel like, how can you not have a hobby? And it's hard because I know that some people don't have one and they wish they did, but it's like they haven't found that thing yet. But I think that's why I really wanted to talk about this article today because it's yet. You haven't found it yet but you should keep looking and keep exploring for things that interest you so that you too can literally want to get out of bed each morning because you cannot wait to get to do this hobby, whatever it might be for you. Now, one of the things they talked about in the article is that a lot of people just don't have time for hobbies. That is a common reason given by many people that they have simply no extra time. They'd love to have a hobby. Well, here's a few things that you can think about when you want to make a little more time. Time, which is something we talked about in a recent podcast episode. We can always find more of it if we want to, right? Well, they said that instead of trying to take out time every single day to do an activity that you like, it's better to take a long-term approach and find gaps in your schedule that you can fill. So even if you're unable to do it every day, maybe you could just allocate a few hours every week 
to such activities. And again, even if it's a few hours a week to an activity that you love doing, it's totally worth making that happen. Another thing, there's increasing research that supports taking multiple small breaks during your work to improve productivity. You can indulge in activities that you enjoy during those small breaks. So maybe you love to read, maybe you love to garden, maybe you love certain podcasts to listen to and you like literally always put it on immediately in your car because you can't wait to hear the next episode. Well, you could do some of those things during small breaks in work. I know for me, that I literally started gardening because I was working so much. I was sitting at my desk so often, creating new programs, doing podcasts, creating content, doing social media. Like it was all I was doing and I was not happy. My career is very fulfilling and I feel very blessed, but there was a point in my life three years ago where I was just working, 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 and there was nothing else to do. My son was at an age where he was very self-sufficient and now he's in college. So, you know, those years of like constantly driving them around and your life sort of living around what their schedule is, that was no longer. So all it meant was that I was working more. That's when I decided to start gardening and I had no idea what it was going to lead to, but I sort of said to my husband, maybe I I wanna grow a few things. Let me just see what that feels like. He made me a garden bed and I was in love with it. Like every day I would go outside with my coffee in the morning to see, did it grow? Did it flower? Did it fruit? I would plant seeds and I would like check every day, like did it germinate? Oh my God, it did. Like I started getting so into that process for that hobby for me that I started taking breaks in my work day. So I would do all my morning work, I'd go outside to the garden, I would come back, I'd work on a program, I'd go outside to the garden. And what I found was that I was so much more productive and so much more creative in what I was creating at work. Um, and so it really worked for me. And of course, as you know, if you follow me and you've listened to me for way too long, you know that gardening is like my absolute, it's like more than a hobby. It's like my absolute passion. I do anything to help other people garden because I think it's, it's just such an incredible hobby to have. So that was me. And as they said in the research, taking these small breaks from work is a great way to sort of fit in certain hobbies. Now they also talked about the fact that you spend hours of time doing a lot of things that are probably a little mindless. You spend that time on social media or on television, binge watching, all of that time could be spent on a hobby as well. So sometimes we think we don't have time and then we realize that we're wasting a lot of time doing a lot of things like social media and TV. Just saying. So overall, super excited about this article because once again, I am a big advocate of having hobbies, things to look forward to, things to make your life super exciting. And then when you find out, oh, there's actually health benefits to having hobbies, I think it's so important that you, if you don't have a hobby, maybe reevaluate what you are doing right now. And again, start looking for things that you enjoy doing. Instead of sitting here right now and saying, well, I just don't have a hobby, nothing interests me. I mean, nothing interests you yet until you try a lot of things. And that might mean that you have to go try a lot of things. You know, each week you should give yourself a goal and try a new class. 
um, take an art class. My mom, she's come up with so many hobbies in her retirement age and it's so inspiring to me. She takes painting classes and all kinds of painting. She'll do, you know, watercolor or acrylic and then she'll try this, she'll do that. She's gotten into pickleball and tennis and that's how a life should be lived. I mean, my mom truly inspires me because she goes out and she tries all these things. So all I'm saying is I would love for you to have a hobby so that you can be inspired, so that you can have these health benefits, and so that you can wake up in the morning super excited to get out of bed to see if that seedling has germinated. (laughs) All right. Okay, let's get back to the topic of the day. The best and not so good, I should say, but really best and worst times to seek nutrition coaching, to seek nutrition help. People come to me day in, day out, week in, week out for nutrition coaching. And sometimes they start telling me what's going on in their life and they do want to start on Monday, and but they have this coming up, that coming up, and this is what they're thinking about this and that. And before you know it, I realize, hey, slow down this doesn't sound like a great time for you to get nutrition coaching. Because for me personally, as a nutrition coach, I want you to be so successful. And I always wanna set that expectation for my clients right off the bat. Like, hey, I don't think you'll be successful if you do it now, but I think you'll be successful if you do it after. That's really important, set a proper expectation. I don't want to take my clients on, I do not wanna take their money if I don't think that they can be successful with something. So there is a best and a worst time to seek nutrition help and some of these might even sort of surprise you or maybe you'd never thought about it before. So I wanted to put it out there in case you're someone who wants nutrition coaching at some point in your life, maybe not even from me, that's totally fine, but I want you to think about these things before you sign up to get any kind of help. Ah, should we talk about the best times or the worst times? Which one should we do first? Uh, Okay, we'll go with the best. Let's start with the best right off the bat. Um, When would be a good time to seek nutrition help? Well, actually, if you're injured, that's actually a really good time to get nutrition help. Might seem like a weird time because you might be thinking, well, if I can't work out, then I can't lose weight, so why would I want nutrition help? Well, first of all, if you cannot work out, that does not mean you can't lose weight. Second of all, not everybody wants to lose weight. Like some people just want to get their nutrition on track. They wanna be super healthy. And some people get injured and simply don't want to gain weight while they're injured. All of those things make for a great time to seek nutrition counseling. Not to mention when you're injured, you cannot work out sometimes, or you cannot work out very long or very much or at the same level that you did before. And so it's almost like you have a little extra time. And that time can be put into focusing on your nutrition. So nutrition coaching when you're injured, it's a fantastic time to dial things in for that health reason. Will you lose weight? Potentially, yes. It just depends what's going on, again, with your injury. If you're just coming off a huge surgery, like I have some people come to me and they have had major reconstruction surgery and they wanna go right on a diet and lose more weight right after the surgery, but that kind of swelling throughout their whole body can actually take months to go down and recover. So that's not 
ideal. So when I say injury, I'm not saying coming off a huge surgery necessarily, just depends what the surgery is. But again, if you're super swollen throughout your body, it's gonna be harder to lose weight. But like me right now, where I have this uh, a knee problem, a knee injury that I've had for six months, and I can't really say it's better, but um, for me, what I've done is I've taken all of that time that I normally would have been running and going on long runs and doing all the things I'm used to doing, and I have honed in on my nutrition. Like, I have now got it really down. I feel like I feel fantastic inside my body because my nutrition is so on track. So you can take that extra time when you're injured, you can not gain weight, you can often lose weight, and you can use the time appropriately in just a different way. And also, when you get your nutrition dialed in, it usually helps you heal faster. So that's number one. Another good time to seek nutrition help for my athletes would be during a non-peak season. All right, so if you are an athlete, you probably know what I'm talking about. There's sort of peak seasons and there's a non-peak season. So the peak season is like when you're training hard for your Ironman, when you're training for your marathon, when you're training for your swim race, when you're training and you're in that deep intensity of training. Lots of hours, lots of intensity, lots of volume. I'm talking about come to me when you're in your non-peak season, meaning there's a down season that everybody should take, by the way, even all endurance athletes, you need some time off. So when you're not training for a race, that's the best time for an athlete to seek nutrition help, okay? So the non-peak season is definitely the time to focus on weight loss. It is much easier to lose weight, if that is your goal, during your non-peak season versus during your peak season. Okay, another really good time to seek nutrition help is if you have an illness that requires you lose weight. So some people with type two diabetes, they need to lose weight. And so that is an ideal time if you find out that you have some kind of illness that would it would benefit you to lose weight, that you should focus on your nutrition. So that's definitely a time that you can do that. And another great time to seek nutrition help is if you've just recently sort of set a goal for either health or weight loss. Again, it doesn't always have to be weight loss, but it just might be, I wanna get healthier. I have a client right now, she has no weight to lose. She knew she wasn't eating enough. She knew what she was eating was not super healthy. And she said, I'm done with that. I'm ready to dial it in and to understand what a healthy, balanced, food life looks like, right? And so she set that goal for herself. And so she came and looked for nutrition coaching. I'm working with her now. And so having a goal is a great reason to get that nutrition coaching because a lot of times you set these goals, but if you don't have a coach to educate you, guide you, inspire you, keep you on track, hold you accountable, it's very hard sometimes to reach that goal. Not everybody has that personal willpower to make it from point A to point B and get to the finish line. So having a goal is a great time as well to get that nutrition help, all right? Now the last one I'm gonna talk about would be if someone is super active, this would be one of those nutrition, it's good time to get nutrition help. If you're super active, Maybe you're starting a new sport for the first time. Like say you're gonna start triathlon. 
and coming up and you've never done triathlons before or you're going to start marathon training coming up but you haven't started yet or you're not in the main long duration peak of the training then for athletes just learning about their sport that's a great time to seek nutrition help because a lot of you don't realize that nutrition is so important as you're more and more active. So if you want to be a runner, you need to understand how you can fuel your body properly for short runs, for long runs, how to hydrate, what is fueling even mean? Do you eat before? Do you eat after? How much protein? All of that can really benefit someone who's getting into a new sport. You don't know a lot about your sport and you might not know anything about how to fuel it. So anybody getting into a new sport or a new training, it can be a fantastic time. But just remember, non-peak season. So do it when you first start, but not right at the end, uh, right when you're getting ready to race. Now, what about times that are not so good for getting nutrition coaching. <laughs> the worst times, I generally say. Well, we'll start off with the obvious one because I kind of already talked about it. If you're in a high training load for those athletes, you're at your peak time of year, you're getting ready to race, it's right before your Ironman, and all of a sudden you call me and say, I want to lose like 10 pounds before I race in a month. Not good. I get that call all the time. They think that if they lose the 10 pounds that they're gonna be faster, it's gonna make everything better. And I mean, it might make racing a lot easier to, to lose some weight and not have that extra weight on you. But a month before your race, you're in your highest level of training. And so when I have to work with an endurance athlete like that, I have to make sure that I'm fueling them enough for two to three hour bike rides, one to two hour runs, you know, uh, often one hour swims that are deeply intense, brick workouts, I have to fuel them enough to get them through all those workouts with a ton of energy. Because you want to feel amazing. You don't want to feel sluggish when you're doing those workouts. You shouldn't feel sluggish. And if you do, your nutrition's off. So when I get someone in a high peak training zone, I have to fuel them enough, but yet they're coming to me for weight loss. So I have to deficit them enough to lose weight. Do you know what a tricky balance that is? Now, do I do it? Sadly, I do it all the time because everybody comes to me <laughs> the month before their race and they want to lose that extra weight. But I'm very honest and I set the expectation from day one. I usually say, hey, I'm willing to help you because I can already see that you're not eating appropriately. And so anything that I can change on your nutrition right now is only gonna help you. But I'm going to warn you that you might not lose as much weight as you want to right off the bat because you are in such a peak training zone. And that's like super high cortisol in the body. That makes weight loss even harder. I've gotta have them eating tons of calories. I've gotta deficit it as well. It's so much going on. I have a lot of success with my endurance athletes when we do this, but it's a lot slower of weight loss that you'll get. It's not an ideal time. I always say to them, come to me right after your race and we can do even better. Now, another time that's not really ideal to come and get nutrition coaching, going on vacation. Sometimes I get a client and they sign up for a four-week private nutrition session and then we do the first week and then they tell me they're, they're gonna be on vacation now for the next two weeks. So it's like, okay, so we had one week on track, two weeks you're on vacation and then you'll be back for a week. Honestly, 
people, when you're on vacation, it's very, very hard to stay on track and do nutrition coaching. It's hard to log your food. Everything's gonna be inaccurate. You're not gonna have all your staples. You're not gonna have everything you need. It's just so hard. Can it be done? Yeah, but it's kind of like training during a high peak season. You're probably not gonna get the best results. Now I will say this, I have some clients who come to me all the time for vacations because they have a specific goal. They just don't want to gain weight and they don't want to go like way off track on this vacation. Like some people just, they go on vacation and they let loose so much that they come back 10 pounds heavier. So I actually have clients who are like, I'm coming to you, I'm gonna be on vacation for half of the session, but I know that and I'm doing that on purpose to have accountability so I don't gain weight. And they realize that on the vacation, the goal is not weight loss, the goal is just not to gain weight. But typically, if you're gonna be on vacation, you're not gonna get as good of results. It's not the best time to seek out nutrition coaching. Another not great time to seek out coaching is if you're sick. Like I've had people come to me and they're like, so I just got COVID tested, I have it, but I really do wanna get started on my nutrition. It's not a good time. I'm going to say, especially with COVID, it can be a bit of a ramp back up. Come back to me when you're feeling 100%. Get totally well first, okay? So being sick makes everything harder. When you're sick, you know what it's like. You don't wanna eat certain foods. Certain things don't sound appealing. Um, It's hard to take in a lot of calories. You're probably not exercising, which you shouldn't be if you're really sick. It's just not a good time, all right? And then another not good time to come for nutrition coaching is if you're pregnant. So here's the thing. Don't come to, I can't actually, or I should say, I won't work with pregnant women because that's not my specialty. If you're pregnant and you need nutrition help for your pregnancy, I recommend you ask your doctor for who they recommend as a nutritionist or registered dietitian who specializes with that prenatal care. All right, so I would not, if you're pregnant, seek out someone like myself who specializes a lot in fitness nutrition. Um, No, I would ask your doctor, first of all, if you even need any nutrition help. Like I I don't try to lose weight or anything like that while you're pregnant, like that's a, a given. But if you have some specific need because the doctor told you you need to get your nutrition on track, I would go by who they recommend and make sure it is a nutritionist or a registered dietitian who specializes in prenatal nutrition, all right? And then the last one, it's not an ideal time to come to me when it goes right with pregnancy, if you're breastfeeding. So that being said, do I work with people who are breastfeeding? Yes, but it's kind of like some of those other situations. It's not as ideal because I have to give you a whole lot more calories to provide for breastfeeding, you actually need a lot of calories, a lot of calories. It's almost like you're an endurance athlete when you're breastfeeding. So I have to give you a ton of extra calories to make sure that you can maintain your level of lactation for your baby, and yet you want me to deficit those calories enough to lose weight. And on top of that, generally I see clients about, they generally hold on to five to 10 pounds of weight when they're breastfeeding. 
And in my opinion, that is because the body does that because your body needs that. It needs that extra weight because you're providing so much nutrition to your baby and you also have to supply nutrition to yourself. So it holds on to some of this extra weight, again, because the body is smarter than us, thank God, and it needs that extra weight for that extra surplus of everything that's going on in your body. I personally do not love to help a client lose weight when they're breastfeeding, especially if it's their first baby. Like generally, if it's your first baby, I won't even let you come back to me until you're done breastfeeding. I do have some clients who come to me and they're like, it's my third baby. I've been through this. I totally know what to do. I totally know everything about breastfeeding. I have a huge milk supply. Like I will listen to everything you say. I know I have to eat a lot of calories. And a lot of these people breastfeeding, again, like an athlete, they just need that help and accountability to make sure that they're eating a super balanced diet with enough calories because they are supplying nutrition to their baby. So in that case, I do take on breastfeeding clients, but it's not an ideal time. Like it's better to finish breastfeeding and then come back to me. That's my personal opinion on all of that. All right. Now, what else can I say? about nutritional counting. There's this one extra thing, but it's not a time. It's not a, oh, you should come to me during this time or that time. But there is a character trait that I just wanted to bring up really quickly about seeking nutrition counseling. If you are seeking nutritional counseling, but you are not willing to change what you are doing, do not seek out nutritional counseling, okay? Because sometimes I get a client and I say, I think we should work on A, B, and C. And they say, but I don't want to change A, B, and C. Well, but you're doing A, B, and C and you're not getting the results you wanted, which is why you came to me. But now you're telling me you won't change A, B, and C. So I don't see what, you know, what we can do here. Like, and at that point I'll make, you know, certain smaller recommendations, but they're not gonna get good results. So what I'm saying is if you're coming to someone, again, doesn't have to be me. If you're going to anyone for any kind of coaching, it's probably because you're trying to get a change to reach some type of goal. And whatever you're doing isn't working. That's why you're seeking coaching. Be willing to do things very differently than what you're doing now, all right? And if you're not, like if you're like, nope, I'm a hardcore person and I wanna do it my way, just don't seek out coaching. (laughs) Because I can tell you right now, you're gonna waste your money and it's not gonna put you in a good space and it's not gonna put your coach in a good space. And if you're trying to reach a goal, that's probably not the best way to do it. So there you have that. Now with summer around the corner, Some of you are gonna have like a super crazy schedule, lots of travel, and you might be thinking, oh, well, I wanna be the person who doesn't gain weight on my vacation, so I wanna seek out nutrition counseling. And you know, you can, but again, it's not super ideal. If you're going on a one-week vacation or even a two-week vacation, start right after your vacation so that you can just enjoy your vacation, right? I mean, life is pretty short, team. Like, I do want you to enjoy your vacations. So I personally think start after a vacation, not during a vacation, or don't start your program and have a vacation in between if it's like a two-week trip. That being said also, some people do my programs for six weeks, 12 weeks or more. There is going to be a vacation at some point within your training, and we work with it. 
that's totally different. But if you're doing a four-week session and two of the weeks are on a vacation, just keep in mind what type of results you're going to get. Now, some people don't have a lot going on in summer. Like it just depends what stage of life you're at, right? So when you have the kids, it's like summer vacation and the schedules are crazy. We have vacations and you have family in town. You're going to be doing this and they're out of school. And it's like you lose all control of your own time. So it's probably not ideal for you. But other people are at a different stage of life. And maybe their kids are totally grown and married and like summer to them is the same as every other season. Like they get to do whatever they want all day, every day, which is a beautiful time of your life. I hope you realize that. For whoever is in the beautiful time of life, enjoy it. Maybe you already put those kids through elementary school, high school, college. Those were hard years. <laughs> so now it's your time. So for someone like yourself, you may have a lot of time this summer. And if you're trying to get your health on track, it would be a great time to seek nutrition counseling. I just think it's so important to really make sure that you have a handle on the expectation and wanting to hit your goal, set yourself up for success and do that by picking the right time to get coaching for whatever it is in life that you're trying to reach or attain, all right? So there you have it. Doesn't matter what you do, when you do it, but always set the expectation properly so that you reach the goal you want and you know that you feel good about it and that you gave 100%. I think that when you set the expectation and understand the good time to do things, the not good time to do things, and you really set yourself up for success is when you're really going to feel good about the effort that you put in and the results that you get out. Now go enjoy your day and remember that the Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Thank you.